0: Guys, guy be quiet. Okay. Tonight's shir was dedicated by Dorothy Melvin. This is in honor of her mother's yartzeit, Urabah Savadia, whose yartzeit is going to be this coming Shabbos on the 15th. Not Shabbos, on Wednesday. Tuesday night, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday on the 15th of Cheshvan. May her neshama have a very, very great aliyah to the greatest, greatest of heights. May she channel lots and lots of brachas to you and to your family for only, only mazel and brach and only, only good things for the entire family. Um, Another dedication tonight was by Terry Levin, and this is in honor of her grandfather's Yorzeit, Aaron ben Michoel. And this comes out on this Shabbos, on the 18th of Cheshvin. May your grandfather be Meletz Yosher. May he look after you and uh, from above and channel and send you lots of lots of blessings both in the material and in the spiritual um, for so many good blessings, new blessings, new things that you haven't even thought of. Such wonderful good things should happen very soon in your life and with only only and you should have the abilities to receive all these blessings in good health and uh, in, in with, lots of, with lots of simcha and lots of joy. Um, another dedication tonight was by our dear friend Shimon and Jody Leance, and this is in honor of their daughter Shoshana's birthday. Um, this coming Thursday, may she have may Shoshana you have a slacha, a wonderful good year, with only only Mazal and bracha, and only good things, and and a lot of a lot of good things to you as well, and a lot of growth and everything. And May you take in Israel. she's our, uh, came on our team to work for Mayon. so may she take this uh, center and help it grow to much greater heights. Thank you, Shoshana, for all your hard work. Oh, here you are. Oh, good. I didn't even know you are here. Okay, we spoke today that you're coming, but I wasn't sure you were going to listen. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. We're ready to start. I know it's a little late, uh, so we have to get started. Um... Parsha's Vayera begins with Avram Avinu after his bris mila. He talks about the visit, how the malachim came to visit him, how the angels came to visit him, and um, they come to bless Sarah, to heal Avram. And then we go on to speak about the story of the destruction of Sodom and Amorah, the five cities that were so corrupt that God had to destroy them. And before, in between these two stories of Avram and his visitors, and the the, uh, the guests, and the uh, destruction of Stom and Amorah, there is a little statement over there where Hashem says, God is like talking to himself. There's like this conversation going on within Hashem himself, where it says, Hashem Amar, and Hashem says, Am I going to cover up? Am I going to keep secrets from Avram? I'm about to do something so dramatic and so destructive in this world. How can I... Go ahead and do something so extreme without letting my best friend know about it. And Rashi says even more than that, since I've already made him into a father of a great nation, no, it, since I made him Avhamon Goyim, by his bris mila, he became the father of all the nations. And therefore, how can I go about and destroy the children without telling the father? Avram is kind of responsible now for all of humanity. So if, a God, is doing, if God is doing a surgery... Gonna, and he has to get. It's like when you do when, you, when a child goes to surgery, they have to get the father's consent. The, the, the legal guardian has to give their consent. So Hashem needed Avram to sign off on this because he's now in charge over the world. So nothing can happen in the world without Avram Avinu giving his consent. So the Pasik says that Hashem says, "I'm going to." So Hashem reveals to Avram, and Avram puts up a major fight to try to save the five cities from destruction. In the end. Um, the merits that Avram tries to bring up doesn't is insufficient, and the city is destroyed. Um, the pasuk is a pasuk perek uh, Yud Ches pasuk Yud Zayin. The Hashem and God says, "Hamachas Ani Avram, Am I going to cover from Avram? Oh, I said that I do." So um, it's interesting. I mentioned last year and this year that the, this pasuk, "V'Hashem Omar, Hamachas Ani Avram." is a direct derivative from Avram's bris milah. Avram had just had, a, had his bris in the last parasha, in parasha's lech lecha, it concluded with Avram Avinu's bris milah. And um, so as a result of Avram having, in other words, if Avram would not have had the bris, then maybe Hashem could keep something concealed from Avram. But now that Avram Avinu had his bris milah, so now Hashem Amar, now Hashem says, Amachasa, can I keep a secret from him? I can't. I have to reveal it. Why? Because the whole Indian of Mila of Brismila is to uncover that which is blocked. There is a concealment, there is a block, and that concealment has to be removed. There is a klipa, there is a shell, there is something that is blocking. God created a human being. With something that is blocking on the the holiness of the Jewish body, and then there is a block. So a bris milah is to peel away to remove the klipa. So once the klipa is re- is removed, that is the revelation of the secret. The, the medrash on this pasuk, Amachas Anim Avram, the medrash relates the word Soid Hashem the secret of God is to those who fear Him. Simply the Medrash is saying that God says, I'm not going to keep any secrets in how I run this world. Soyd Hashem, the secret of Hashem, Liereyav, is to those who fear Him. That means that there's a, there's a Pasuk actually that says that Hashem doesn't do anything in the world. Hashem does not do anything in this world if He first doesn't reveal it to the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim have to first give their consent, their approval, Whatever it is, or sometimes Hashem forces them to go along with it. But God does not do anything before He reveals it to the tzaddikim. So, Hashem the secret of Hashem to, is to those who fear Him. But the Medrish says, on this Pasa, that Hashem is revealing to those who fear Him, which is Avram Avinu, his secret, the Medrish says, Hashem mila. the Pasa continues of the secret of Hashem is to those who fear him, Ubrisai and his covenant is to make them know. So the medrash says that this is the Brismila, which means that the Brismila, the circumcision, is related to the revelation of secrets. Once Avram Avinu removed the concealment, and as we're soon going to see, it wasn't only in his own body. When Avram Avinu did the brismila on himself, he removed the block in the cosmos. Something that is concealing and blocking God's presence in the world, completely, when Avraham Avinu removed and tore away and ripped away that kliipa, that shell that is blocking. So then, after that, what happened? So secrets were revealed. So all secrets, the secret over here too, what Hashem was going to do was also revealed. So last week I mentioned from the Gerer Rebbe from the last last year, which is uh, uh, just a, a foundation for today's year. I mentioned last year from the Imre it's an amazing thing that when Avram removed the klippa and he did his bris milah he uncovered secrets what was revealed in those secrets? secrets of the Torah were revealed it was a time of great revelation because the reason why all the secrets of the Torah are not revealed is because there's klippa covering and blocking the world is not ready for it but once Avram took away the klippa so now it was time for secrets to be revealed secrets were revealed and the Geri Rebbe says, you know which secret was revealed? So simply, is that Hashem is going to destroy Sadaim. But that's not such a big secret. Okay, who's going to destroy the, the real, because And in a sense, that secret, what did Hashem gain from revealing it to Avram? He told Avram he's going to destroy some. Avram made an attempt to save them. The attempt didn't help anyways. So once the attempt didn't help, what's the point of revealing that secret? It, it, it was to know, it was to, it, 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 at the very end, it didn't accomplish anything. But the truth is, it did accomplish, because because of that, Avram put himself in the line to save Lot, and to save all the people. But Lot, but here's the thing: what was saved? Um, Lot, the secret that was revealed was that why was Avram so adamant in saving Lot? I mean, you don't see really how Avram talking to Hashem to say, but it, when Avram says to Hashem, maybe there is a tzaddik, tispet tzaddik in Russia are you going to kill the tzaddik with the Russia? What Avraham Avinu meant was Lot. Now Lot was no big tzaddik. You see that Lot separated from Avram. And Lot went to live, Dafka in a bad neighborhood, Rashi said, because deep inside, he enjoyed all the immorality. And that's why he wanted to live in a place where it was currently avail- available. He wanted to live in a place where there was all kinds of um, uh, stuff going on so that maybe you know he can participate. So uh, Lot is not a tzaddik. But what Avram Avinu meant was, are you going to kill the tzaddik within the Russia? Because inside Lot was Mashiach. If tzaddik in Russia, the tzaddik who is with the Russia, the tzaddik who is inside the Russia. Because Lot is the great great grandfather, as we see later in the parasha. Lot with his two daughters. Lot, Lot, or fathers these two daughters who they later are the mothers of Ammon, or they are. They, they, they from Lot have two babies which are Ammon and Moab create two nations and Rus is a Moabite princess and Rus has the, has the neshama of Mashiach inside of her she doesn't happen to be a grandmother she is the one who contained that soul more than anybody else and this diamond was buried in the dirt and we spoke about it a lot last year about the whole idea of Lot and that precious diamond of Rus which is the mother which is Mashiach's neshama so this secret, we know that the secret of all secrets, you know, the famous always the stories of people that have a dream and then, like, they and then they get woken up and then they're all upset because it was like Mashiach was about to be revealed to them the secret of when Mashiach is coming. That's like the ultimate secret, it's like the secret of secrets. So, anything to do with Mashiach is a huge secret, and therefore, the secret that Mashiach's Neshama. Is buried in that in that garbage dump, which was called Sodom, was a huge secret. When was it revealed to Avram Avinu? It was revealed to Avram Avinu that what, that the neshama is there, but it was deeper than that. Is mentioned last year that there was something much deeper over here. In order to save Mashiach's neshama, there is a certain law of Torah that had to be revealed. There was a law, a Torah law that had to be revealed. Because we know that the Moabites and the Ammonites, Ammon and Moab, they are the darkest entities in the world. How do we know they are the darkest entities in the world? They are the farthest away from holiness, more than anybody else. Because we find that Hashem says that you're not allowed to have a, a... that a any any descendant from Ammon and Moab are not allowed to marry into the Jewish people. Any descendant of Ammon and Moab, they can't marry in, you can't marry... even if they convert, you can't marry them. And other nations, if they convert, immediately they can marry a Jewish man or a Jewish woman. Some nations, there are some restrictions. Let's say the Egyptians have three generations that they need a kind of bikashur. Uh, it takes three generations until they purify themselves from the in- Egyptian impurity, and only then can they marry a Jewish man or a Jewish woman. Before that, they can only marry another convert, but they can't marry someone who is descendant from, who is, a, who is a, an original Jew, so to speak. They can't marry a person like that. It takes three generations for the koshering process. But an, uh, uh, Amon and Moab can't marry even after 20 generations. So then, if that's the case... Moshiach's neshama would not be able to enter into the Jewish flow, into the Jewish genealogy. It would not be able to enter the Jewish people. It would be blocked. So in the end, how did, how did Rus marry Boaz? And the answer is that Boaz knew a secret. The secret is, is that the Torah says that only a male, this, only, only the males of Ammon and Moab and now marry to a Jewish female but the female, the women of Amon and the women of Moab are allowed to um, marry. The women of Amon and Moab are allowed to uh, marry a, a, a Jewish man. Amoni velo Amonis, Moavi velo Moavis. That's what the sages learned out. All right. So that's the Heter. And it wasn't so clear. You see, it was a con- That itself was a big secret. Because we know that the people gave David and Melech a huge time, a, a very hard time about becoming king. Because they said he's not even a kosher Jew, because of his babi. And uh, so there was a lot of, until it was clarified, it took a while until this became an accepted halakha. When was that halacha revealed? Where was that? So the reason why this halacha was so obscured, was because again, because Kalipa was covering it. See, just like Kalipa covers the unholy cloth, covers on Allah, on holiness in general, it covers on God and a blocks scar. You can't see Hashem. Just like in our own lives, the Khalipa covers on our neshama Khalipa also buries the Torah. And there are ideas of Torah that are obscured and not clear and covered up and confusing because Khalipa covers it up. The shells cover it up. And our Avod, that's why we, learned, we spoke about this last week. I mentioned it last week that the study of Bavli. Versus the learning of means that we have questions and answers and questions and answers and questions. And these questions are all coming from the clip of things that are, are, are obscuring the truth. And then you have to pull it out and clarify until you were able to reveal the diamond that is hidden behind it. When Avram Avinu had his bris mila, so there was a huge revelation of secrets in the world. Because mila is, as we're soon going to see, a revelation of the secret of all secrets. That's mila. And because bris mila, circumcision, is the revelation of secrets, this brought to the removal of klipah and to the removal of secret, including this halacha. Which halacha? The halacha... And see, it's not enough to save Lot. Lot has to be saved together with the halacha that's going to allow Lot's children ever to move into the stream of, 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 uh, of, 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 Ju- of the Jewish genealogy, as we said earlier. There has to be a halacha that will permit. He said, go save Lot. He says, so what? So he's going to create a tribe. So what is if it's going to have Mashiach Neshama if you can't insert it into the Jewish people? So this halacha that only a male and not a female was actually learned out on that very day. Where do we learn it out from? The Khazal say the reason why we're allowed to marry a Moabite woman uh, not a mess, because the Torah gives a reason why 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 God despises the Moabites. Because when the Jewish people came next to the land of Israel, it says when we were coming to Eretz Israel, the Moabim didn't let us come through their land. Not only that, they came and they fought, they came and they warned us. Yeah, okay, they go. But the Pasik says, "Al No, not only that, they called the Bilam to curse us, right? The famous story. Balak, the king of Moab, called Bilam to curse the Jewish people. But the Pasik says, They did not come out to greet you, They didn't come, come out, they should have, they, they're your cousins. So they should have come out with bread and water. But because they did not come out to help you when you pass through. So the Gemara learns out an interesting thing. Who's the style that goes out to an army to bring them food? The men would do that. The women it would be too dangerous, it would not be okay for women to do that. Or it would be against the rules of modesty for the women to go out to the, to the Jewish men and to sell them the bread. And since it's not the style for women to do this, the women cannot be held accountable. And because of that, you can't reject the women. Now, where do you know that halacha? That a woman should not be that much out, but should be more tzniyastig and be more within... We learn it out from this week, from the story that happened just before that by Avram Avinu. When the malachim asked Avram Avinu, where is Sarah, your wife? What did Avram say? but oil, she's in the tent. The fact that... So Avram at that moment had declared the basis of the halacha that the woman is inside the tent and she's not the one out there. And because Avram revealed this halacha at this very day, this is the basis of what's going to allow Mashiach's neshama to come into the Jewish people because that's why the Moabite women will be allowed. So the Imri Emma says... That's the meaning of what it says over here, the secret of God is to those who fear Him, which came as a result of Avram Avinu's bris Secrets were revealed. This secret that was buried in the Klippa, this halacha that would have not have been revealed, was revealed on that day. This was the jewel. Besides Mashiach neshama being the jewel, the Torah that allows Mashiach to come in is a shining jewel that will, this, that will allow this deshama to come in, this was revealed, this was the secret. Very, very, very phenomenal. So I want to expound on this idea that Brismila milah and, uh, is all related to the revelation of secrets and the deeper meaning of a machasa nimavram, of the to saying, can I cover up from Avram? So before we begin, I'd like to read a, fa- a very powerful and very, very important Zohar because we need to understand exactly the importance of the secrets of the Torah. And why it is mamish, 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 uh, it's it's essential, especially where we're standing right now, right at the threshold of Moshiach, to engage and to be involved in the study of deeper elements of Torah, which we do over here at Maya. Reb Shimon, Amar Rabbi Shimon says, I might have quoted this already earlier in a class, definitely Thursday night, but maybe even on a Monday, but I'm not sure. Rav Shimon, Omar Reb says, this is a quote from, from Zohar Pashas Baal Lo Barnash, woe to that human being, the Omar, that says, woe to the person who says that the Torah is coming to tell us stories. The Torah is a storybook. Umilin and just mundane, or what you call words of simple, simplistic words. Words about worldly things. That's what the Torah is coming to teach you, worldly things. Because <inaudible> if this would be the case, <inaudible> even in our days, <inaudible> we could have, if this is what the Torah is to tell you stories, historical events, we could have written a far more beautiful Torah. And we could have written it more, more poetic and with better linguistic. And you know, the Torah, if you, if you can't read three without getting stuck on contradictions and on problems. It's not such a good written book. Right? So, if this would be the case, and this was all the Torah was, then what? Then, then we could have done a better job, as Rab Shema B'yichai says. <speaking in Hebrew> if to tell us just worldly things, I <speaking> feel in an kafsir of Alma. Even other ministers, Ipaneo Milani Yatir have better literature that have written better than the Bible right than the Torah. let's go after them. let's make another torah like that and all the elements of the Torah are milen and their supernal words and their supernal secrets.. Almi the tata, The the upper world and the lower world are similar to each other. Yesra latata, Jews below, malacha ilo and then are supernal angels above. And what do you see like this? That malachi that that is so down here we have in our world, we have humans. We have and we have Jews, okay, down here. Up there we have angels. Malacha iloy Ksibbihu. So by the Malachim it says, Oysa so Ruchais, that Hashem makes his Malachim Ruchais. But then it says, Beshata, which means they're very spiritual. But Beshata de and Latata, when these angels come down below, Mislapshu Bilavusha dahai Alma. We know from the story with Avram that when the angels came down below, they have to put on a worldly garment. They can't appear as Malachim. Because if angels would appear as Malachim, they would, they would burn the whole world up. So angels can't come down as angels because it would be too much for us to bear. So they have to drastically reduce their energy and take on a human form. Like we see, the three Malachim looked like people. Even after they left, Avram still thought they were people. That's what Rashi says. He, Rashi says when they were leaving, he, he, he accompanied them because he thought they're people. Okay. Next. If they would not dress up with the garments of this world, they couldn't stand in this world. The suddenly alma the world would not be able to withstand them. The I, and if this is so with angels, that an angel has to come down in a garment. So now let's think, the Torah which created all the angels. The Torah that is so, that's infinitely more powerful than angels. It created, because we know God created the world through the Torah. So the Torah that is endlessly higher and infinitely more divine, so to speak, than a malach, and Udbarul who created the malachim, Ubara Alman and it created the worlds, Kulu, the Kaiman beginner, and everybody is sustained because of the Torah. Alach has Kama v'Kama. How much more so? Even the Nachtes Lahai Alma, the Torah coming down in this world, Elav the if the Torah would not enclose itself, b'hanalavushin the high alma with the garments of this world, alma the world would not be able to receive the Torah. The Torah would burn the world up in one second. So the Torah must dress itself in a garment and appear like a story. But when you're opening up a chumash to learn, know that you're opening something that is so intense something so unbelievably, magnificently godly, you have no clue what it's saying. It's just all shrouded and covered and concealed with all kinds of stories, just to distract us from its light, from seeing what it really is. The story you're reading, that's only the garment. If someone thinks, that the story that you're reading, you're reading the story this week, the parsha of Avram and Sarah and the Malachim, if you, if you read it, and it's nothing else, let this person's spirit blow up. That's, it's a very sharp Rav Shimon. Let this person blow up. He does not have a portion in the world to come. That tells you something about what we call these people that are called Bible critics. <laughs> a, whole, a whole of to accomplishment. People that are Bible critics, they know the Bible. In any case, begin kachama David. David says, Galain, I open my eyes. I know this is just a, it's a code. I want to see the secrets of the Torah. I want to see these, the words of the Zohar, I'm interested to peek under the garment. What's underneath? Then the Zohar continues. There is a garment that everybody sees. And these fools, when they look at a person, in their garments, a person's wearing nice clothing, you say, oh, what a wonderful person, he's well-dressed. What do you know about a human being just because they're well dressed? You know they're well dressed. Hollywood is all about how people dress. It's ridiculous. Is that the person? That's that's, that's the most shallow and superficial and most external of everything. Sometimes people get caught up just with the garment, they don't look deeper. What's the importance of of, of a garment? Gufa, the body that's underneath it. The chashuva de gufa. But what is the importance of a body? A body is also nothing. The very same body, the soul left the body, put the body in the earth. The body is nothing. It's only there. The body is a suit, is a garment, is a container for the spirit, for the soul, the and the shmas. Ki and the same is also true, oiraisa isle gufa. The Torah also has a body. The inun pikud these are the laws. The laws of the Torah, they are the body of the Torah. The ikra gufi Torah, they're called the body of the Torah. Hai gufa, mislapsha, this body enclothes itself in garments. The inens the hay which are the stories. Tipshin the alma, the fools of the world, like mistak There are some people who learn Torah and they only read the garment. The yusipper they write, they read the story. The yatir they don't know anymore. These are fools. they not look They don't look what's beneath that garment in in the in yatir, those who know a little more, loimestaklem they don't look in the garment, rather, in the body, the they're looking at the body that's under the garment, who is that? That would imply, you know, people, there are many svarim, that are very involved, and whenever you learn anything of this parashis or the Torah, you learn, for example, when they're learning about Avram having an, any an interaction, they right away find a thousand halachis, Whereas they interpret every story. It's not a Stama story. Why did Avram do so and so? Because this is a halacha. And this is, a, this is another halacha. So they find all the halachas in the stories. Those are people that are looking a little deeper. They're looking under the garment and they're looking for the, for the body, which the body is the halacha element that's in the Torah. But even that is also not it yet. Chakim and Avd the Malka, hear these words, the wise men, the servants of the king, of the supernal king, inon, hear these, this is frightening words, inon dekaimah Bitura de Sinai, those who stood at Har Sinai, or at least everybody stood at Har Sinai, I guess you have to say, those who have a little recollection of what happened at Har Sinai. So if you have the memory and you tell someone and you're teaching him just a story, or you're teaching him just a halacha, that soul is not satisfied. You're not quenching the thirst because this person says, I remember, that's not what I heard at Sinai. I heard that at Sinai, But inside that, I saw flaming fire. I saw something godly. Give me the godliness. Don't give me just this. Tell me what's the real story. Reveal the secret. Tell me what's under the story. Give me the Hasidus behind this. That's what I want. Or else it's... Give me something, substance. Let my neshama be of, let us turn on my soul. They're looking at the neshama, the ikra koila. This is the main thing. I This is the real Torah. Okay, that's the neshama, but then the Zohar, is so i finishing with the last line. The Zohar goes on, it's fantastic. But it says over here one more last line. and when Mashiach will come, then we're going to look binishmasa dinishmasa, the soul of the soul. Today's days, we can maybe we can find the secrets, but we can't find the secrets of the secrets. Because just like a human being, we know has a, has a, a has garments and he has a body. And beneath the body and inside the body is a soul. But in the soul itself, there is what's called Nishama, And the Nishama is divided into three parts called nefesh, ruach, Nishama. These are three dargis, but in general they're all called nishama. And then there is what we call an ur makif, a part of the soul that transcends the body, that can't vest itself in our human powers, in our consciousness, generally. And that's called neshma Linishmasa, so the soul of the soul. It's, and that too is divided into two levels called chai and yachida. And these elements, that's the secrets, that's the secrets of the secrets. That is going to be revealed through Mashiach Tzadkenu, who is going to be a revealer of the secrets of the secrets. The beginning of that revelation was the revelation of the Baal and Chasidis. Kabbalah are the secrets, and Chasidis is the secrets of the secrets. Razin, the Razin, the secrets of the secrets. Now, once we know that, so now we go back to Avram Avinu and it says, V'ashem Omar Hamachasa Nila Avram, can I cover up from Avram? What it means is that at that point is when there was a powerful revelation and gush, a gushing revelation in Avram's soul and in Avram's mind of esoteric deepest secrets of the Torah. That's for sure without any doubt that Avram was in tune with very high secrets of the Torah before his brismila. But it did not in any way compare to the upgrade of Avram's suddenly revelation of the Torah of the future and the Torah of Mashiach. All of that was revealed to Avram of when After his brismila. Because Brismila is related to the revelation of secrets. Now I want to, we want to talk about this. Why is bris Miller connected to the secret. So there is an interesting mimer that we learned last year Thursday night um, on this pasuk from the Tzemach Tzedek in which he elaborates on this, on this idea, these, these ideas, which is really, really fascinating. It's a long, long discussion. I'm just going to grab a few little points of this idea. So he brings a Kabbalistic idea. We said earlier that a secret, what's secret called? Secret is called sod. Secret is, sod is secret. Now, um, what's Sod? What's Sod? So he brings from Kabbalah, from two svarim. One is the Pardes. Pardes is the Ramak, Ramosha Kordavu, Kurdavo, who is the great teacher of Kabbalah before the Arizal. And then from a Sefer oire Oyer, which is one of the students of the Arizal. In both these places, when it talks about the concept of Sod, of secret, they say Sod means Yisod, Iyut the level that's that tzaddik is secret. That tzaddik is a secret. What does it mean tzaddik? So generally when we say tzaddik, it means a tzaddik. Every tzaddik is a tzaddik. But tzaddik in Kabbalah, and, and it means something, Something. tzaddik is attributed to a, a, a level, a, a level of divinity called the yesod tzaddik. The yesoid tzaddik. There is, we know ten sefirot, ten attributes, and the ninth attribute from, from up-down, the second to the last attribute is called Yisod, foundation, bonding. That's where the tzaddik's neshama is plugged in. Friday, for instance, we say the six days of creation, seven days of creation, and six days, and the first day was chesed, as we discussed in the earlier years, the second day was gevurah. Friday, Hashem is actualizing and, and, and emanating through the attribute of Yesod. And who does He create? Adam Arisham. And Adam Arishon is Tzadik. Even though you know, we look at Adam Rishon that he sinned. But Adam is the Indian of Tzadik. Tzadik is Sod Olam. That's Adam. Yisod is Sod. That makes sense. The word Sod has within it, the word Yisod, which is foundation, has within it the, the, the word Sod. Yisod has within it the word Sod. Or we can say it like this. The word yesod is sod yud, the secret of the yud. Soyd yud, the secret of the yud. So, what does that mean? What does it mean a little bit to understand that a little deeper? To understand that is as follows um, that there, the essential element that, that God created the world um, is not a secret even though it's not necessarily so evident that everybody or has to admit or see that because God did shroud himself and conceal himself in nature. But if someone wants to be honest with himself and seriously, uh, intellectually honest, and be one looks at the complexity and all the elements of creation, you have to be a, a, a very, very serious fool to be able to think that all of this just happened accidentally. So looking at the world tells you that there is a God and that there is a creator. And even Pharaoh, Paro, who was a big wicked person, didn't deny the existence of God. It's, he says, uh, he but he admits, he recognized the power of Elohim. What Paro didn't admit to was the Loyaditi as Hashem. He does not know Hashem. So what does that mean? There are two names of Hashem. There's the name of Elohim. And there's name Yutke Vavke. What is the difference between the tetragrammaton, the Yutke Vavke of Hashem, and the name of Elohim? So the name of Elohim is where God is, Elohim means a power. Elohim, the name Elohim means the power. It means the power of the divine of God within creation. That God creates and is, 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 is the the... The power behind nature, Elohim is gematria 86, which is the exact gematria of Hateva, which is nature. It's the force of God within nature. But from the power of Elohim, the world and everything that we see within creation appears to be something. What does that mean, something? There is a Bore, there is a creator, and there is a Nivra, and there is a creation. The fact that God created the world, that's good now we have what? We have two things. We have Hashem and we have a creation. Now, if we know that and if we take that to heart that there is a God who created the world so we understand that we have to obey His rules and we have to follow His will but there is a sense of space. This is my reality and I'm I'm me and God is God but yet there's two entities Hashem and the world. That notion That God exists but there is also something other than God And that is our creation Us and everything that we see That comes from the name of Elohim Elohim is what creates that, that awareness That reality Which is the reality of all of us Of all of creations Okay, That's what it means to experience yourself as a creation But then we say that the Jewish people are deeper than that Because we say, Shema Yisro, you Yid, you Jew, don't be like the rest of creation. You're not just like the rest of the world. For you, there is a secret. What's the secret? Shema Yisro, listen Jew. What should you know? Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem is our God. Hashem Echad. And what is the meaning of Hashem Echad? What is the definition of Hashem Echad? Hashem Echad means not only that God, there's only one God. We don't, right? What, Hashem Echad means there's only one reality Echad what, what is, We spoke about this so many times by the year The word Echad really says There's only one reality Meaning that aside from God nothing exists and everything that you see, and everything that looks to be so real, including ourselves, and our homes, and our families, and our city that we live in, and our country, and the, 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 the politics that, that, that there is, and the, our businesses, and, and everything that's going on that seems to be such a metziah, seems to be such a real thing. The MS is, Echot. what does a mean? Aleph is God. The number one. What's ches? Ches is eight. So eight represents, and this is not a mystical uh, understanding, this is just simple shulchanarach, it says you're supposed to have this in mind. Ches represents, Ches and dalit is all of space, because Ches is the seven skies, and the earth is eight, and Dalit, which equals numerically four, is the four directions. When you're saying this what you're saying is that the Aleph is, is, is the power, is the energy in the Ches, that means that what is the reality of the heaven that you're looking up? What's the reality of the earth that you're walking on, on the sidewalk, on the street, the, 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 the below you, whatever it is, the chair that you're sitting on, the couch that you're sitting on, the, 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 the building, the floor that's holding you up, your entire foundation, what is the reality of the earth, of that, is 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 what? Is the aleph. The aleph is inside the ches. And without the aleph, there is no ches. And deeper than that, if you would see the aleph, you wouldn't even see the ches. Because the ches is so meaning the heaven and the earth are so cancelled in God's overwhelming presence that it doesn't exist, only Him. And the same is also Dalit, the four directions. That means everything you might have in your life that's pulling you to the right side. Anything that might in your life that pulls you to the left side. And right and left can mean so many things. Everything that pulls you forward. Everything that excites you that's from behind you. Everything that's above you and everything that's below you, which means your sum totality of all of your reality, of all of your surrounding, is nothing more than that Aleph, and the Ches and the Dalet are cancelled in that Aleph. And literally, Ein, Od, Melvado, there's nothing but God. But do we feel that? Do we know that? Do we see that? Absolutely not. And if we would know that and feel that and live in that consciousness, we have no bechira at all, we have no free choice. Because we don't have an identity with just, everything is just a flow of God. Everything is just a pure flow of God. And God does not want us to begin at least in that consciousness. He wants us to reach that consciousness when Mashiach comes. But until that time, He wants us to live in what awareness? Not in the awareness of the Chod. Hashem blocks the Chod. He wants us to know that there is such a reality. He wants us once a day to creep up and close our eyes and like reach to touch. Reach to break out of the falseness that we're living in and wants us to at least pick ourselves up for a moment and sense that oneness and that union and melt into him for a moment so that we can become assimilated. We can, he can have a union with us. We can become one with him. That's what the abister wants for a moment. But then he wants you to go back into being you in which you feel your reality. The world around you is concrete, real, strong of substance. And in that world that you have, which is so real, and it's so, so real that it can even make you forget that there is even a God who created it, in that world, a regular world of Tuesday and Wednesday, not Yom Kippur world, the regular world of everyday mundanity, in that world you should remember there is a boss and you should follow his instructions. That's called malchus. And that's the element of shame elohim. Shame elohim is a filter, it does not allow the Aleph to be perceived in the Ches and in the Dalet. What does Sheyem Elohim do? It makes the Ches and the Dalet go very far from the Aleph. As if the Aleph is a power up there, and the Ches and the Dalet is projected over there. So therefore the two, even though the power of the world, even Elohim admits that there must be a power, but God is a distant entity. Because that's what Melech means. Malchus means... That there is a king and subjects. And the king and subjects are not the same. Because if the king and the subjects are one entity, then there's no kingdom. The pleasure of being a king is that you're being obeyed. And you can lead, you can instruct and you're being obeyed, but you can't get pleasure from your toes obeying you. If, you're, if it's still an extension of you, and you tell your toes to do something, and they follow, it doesn't give the satisfaction of a king. It's only when someone who has his own ego, and his own opinion, and his own idea, and is protesting right now on the streets of Los Angeles, that this guy is not my president. Right? In concept. Right? Is not mine. Not my president. And yet what? He's the president. The election says is the president. Which means sometimes with God it's the same struggle. I don't feel like he's my God. I don't feel it. But I have, <laughs> this is the Emmys. And if it's the Emmys, what? I have to surrender to it. I have to accept that reality and live my life in accordance to what? In accordance to his will. That's the name of Elohim. So the name of Elohim is not a secret. The consciousness of the name of Elohim, where all of us live in all the time, that's not a secret. That is something that everybody can feel. That You don't have to be Jew to feel that. Every, that's most of the world population believes in a God. There are atheists. They created the world that if someone wants to deny him, you could deny him. But, the, but at least, so much Avram Avinu accomplished that probably six out of the eight billion people that there are on the planet believe in monotheism and that there is a God that created it. That's the name of Elohim. There is a master. Fine. But in addition to that, there is another thing. There is the secret. Soid Hashem, the secret. Which word does it say? Soid? It says Soid Hashem. Soid which name of God is a secret? The Yutke Vavke is the secret. What's the Yutke Vavke? The Yutke Vavke, from the perspective of the Yutke Vavke, if you feel the energy of the Yutke Vavke, then what? You're living in a state where you're just an extension of God. You have no will of your own. Your entire being is one continuation of just Hashem's will because He is your reality. You're lost in His light. You're lost in His. Who lives in that reality? Who lives in that world? Tzaddikim. There are very few tzaddikim that break through the concealment and the blockage of the name of Elohim and have broken through, and they enter into a deeper reality, and a deeper awareness. They, the, the name of Elohim that is obscuring and a block, that blocks on the name Yudkei doesn't block for them. So they perceive and see everywhere how everything is godliness. So when they're eating, they're not eating, they're eating. There is some kind of relationship of energies being exchanged. Food, which is divine, which is a spark of godliness, is now being sucked up to its source. That's their consciousness That's their natural consciousness Every time they, they see food It's about a spark of holiness That has to make its way Back into the human being Who is a conduit for God And therefore using this Drawing energy in So then they can take that energy back And project it into the world To express Hashem in this world That's what eating means to a tzaddik There is no delight the, the, the And deliciousness of the food Or this taste it's Real tzaddikim have gotten past it, Even the taste of food And if they do taste The taste itself is a godly Exhilaration. It's nothing to do with physicality. Because they're totally tuned in and one with the Ebeshter. In sephirot and attributes, in spheros and attributes, that's the difference between the attribute of malchus and the attribute of yesot. Malchus, the last and final attribute, is that final filter where God filters His light so much that the product that comes out on the other side feels itself as something detached from Hashem. That's what Malchus does. Malchus creates, so to speak, an illusion that we are independent creatures and independent beings serving our Creator. Malchus keeps the secret away because it, it's. However, Yesod has the secret inside of it. And Yesod is the, is the attribute that's before Malchus. Yesod, now, but. The point over here is that the to created a world that it shouldn't remain disconnected from him forever. Hashem wants the secret to be revealed. Slowly but surely, the world should rise in its consciousness and its awareness until the same truth that is up there in the higher realms where they see that God is the only reality, that MS and that truth needs to be translated into the creation. And that's the state of where the creation is going to be after Mashiach comes. We're all going to be living in this elevated consciousness in the same level where tzaddikim live, real tzaddikim live right now. That's the union of yesod. So now let's take a look and understand a little better. On the yesod, there is an arla. Arla generally is the foreskin, which is blocking now. Let's understand this. Let's one more idea. Malchus is the last and final attribute. It's also the feminine attribute. It's the woman. Malchus is the woman. And then all the attributes above that are the masculine attributes. So in a sense, we can say like this. Malchus is the soul of creation. Hashem embedded his light in the creation. That's the feminine aspect of God as he, so to speak, just like to show you how that operates Kabbalistically, Hashem took a rib from Adam and disconnected it and created Chav. So Hashem kind of takes a piece of himself, disconnects it, and gives it its own identity, its own being. But then after Chav is separated with Adam, she brings her back to Adam. And what is Chav? Chav is a recipient. She's a makabal. She's a recipient. And she needs to receive from Adam. And she needs to receive, she needs to get intimate with Adam, and they have to become one flesh. What does that mean? That Adam, who is the tzaddik, Adam who is still related to yesod to the higher conscious that's above Malchus, needs to transmit of his awareness, of his godliness, of his reality, where does he have to transmit that? Into Malchus, into the Shekhinah, and into the world. The problem is, that there is an arla, And what does the Erla do? The arla makes that even though yesod is giving energy to malchus, malchus, it's blocking that, that malchus, which means the creation, should be able to realize that energy and to tap into it. There's a klipa blocking it. What do we mean by that? So let me, let me just do a little explanation. One of the changes that happened by bris was that initially... Avram Avinu was called Avram. That was his name. After his bris milah, coinciding with his bris milah, what happened, Hashem uh, referred to Avram Avinu as Avraham. What does the Pasek say? What's the difference between Avram and Avraham? So Avram means, if you take the word, Avram means exalted father. Avram, exalted father. Once Avraham is added a hey. Now, he's not exalted anymore. What is his name? Rashi says, the Pasach says, Ki av ha goyim, you are the father of the multitudes of nations. Now, let's to understand that and translate into that. God fathers the creation. Is that true? Hashem is the father of the creation. He's the father. Um, now, sadly, we have a phenomenon in... In um, a healthy family is where there's a father and there's a mother and there's children. There is a situation that sadly plagues so much in American society or in today's world. We have so many children growing up in homes where there is no father. No father means they don't even know who their father is. Okay? So it's a single mother. She, she has kids, but there's no father. And we know how much that wreaks havoc on a person's life when they're disconnected from their rock-solid foundation, which is their father. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, before Avram had his brismillah, the father, which is, represents the divine, godliness, was run, was disconnected. Disconnected. Hashem was above the world. And the world did not sense who their father is, who their creator is. God is their father. The world did not sense, the creations, the people, the world population did not know their father. That's why, what does it say in Tehillim? David HaMelech says, God is exalted above the nations. That's not a, that's not a praise. God is exalted doesn't mean they praise God. more the nations praise Him. That's a problem. What's the problem? The problem is that Hashem is aloof, distant, removed. Even if they know there is a father, they don't know who He is. He's distant, removed, separated. Why? Because when the abishtar is mashpiyah, his ashpa, when the, when, see, everything that happens in the outer world is really a symptom of something very deep. It's because when the father is giving this, the, the, the energy, he's giving the creative drop, the energy to the mother, it's going through the foreskin, it's going through the arla. And when it's going through the arla means it's being blocked. So the recipient on the other side, even though he's receiving it, doesn't know who is receiving it from. So therefore, what happens? Shechina the Malchus, all that remains in its dark consciousness, in its concealed state, and that translates that you have the, uh, uh, the, the ultimately that you have those that are clueless about who God is and the Creator of the world and living in a complete godless state. What happens by the brismila? Once the Erla is removed the revelation of the Mashpia of the influencer to the makabal. now the makabal knows who the Mashpia is the children know who their father is the father is close Av <laughs> Goyim I'm a father a father of multitudes of nations not only meaning That God is the father of all all of humanity. I'm not just talking about, okay, the father of the Jewish people. God is a father to all of humanity and all of creation. And he creates everybody and sustains everyone and cares about everyone. Oh, suddenly there is a closeness. Why? Because the Urla was removed. And once the Urla was removed, there is a Gilo, there is a revelation of a father. Now, Kabbalistically, just one minute, I said earlier that the Yasoid is the word Soid Yud, the secret of Yud. What does it mean, the secret of Yud? Yud, Kabbalistically, from the Yud Kevav Ke, Kabbalistically, Yud is indicative of the first of the divine attributes called Chachma. Chachma is the place where all of creation is sparked in God's mind. Chachma is the place where God conceives the creation. That's where the energy. That's where the whole idea begins. And Hashem's chachma is the first spark, the first epiphany. The E-bush that says, "I'm going to create a world." That's the power. That's the sustaining power of all of creation. Is in chachma. From chachma, it has to be, go into bina, and then bina becomes a whole fleshed out, a fleshed out idea, and then it goes through all the attributes. Till the mila, the the secret soid yud is not revealed. The secret of where creation comes from. Is not revealed. So what do you have? You have a... The worlds are being sustained. Malchus is receiving its energy. The creation is being fueled. And even, as we said earlier, there is some recognition of a creator, but it's not an intimate recognition. It's a very distant recognition. Now that Avraham Avinu removes the Arla, now there is Soyd Yud. The secret of Yud can be revealed through Yesoed into Malchus. Because there is no block. That's also the meaning of the word mila. Let's look at the word mila. Mila means mal yutke. If you take the word mila, it means mal yutke. Mal means to reveal, to speak. Le malel mi malel, who will reveal? M- mal means to speak. Speak is revelation. Mila means le- to be reveal the yutke. What's the yutke? It says in the passage, With the yud God creates the world. Yud, He creates the world to come. And with the He, He creates our world. Barakoponim, what is it? yud is the very... The, this is the, the, the source of all of existence and all of creation. Problem is the yud is concealed. Why? The arla blocks. The klipa blocks. What happens when Avram Avinu makes his bris milah? Once he removes the bris milah from himself... He caused the cosmic removal of that blockage, of where the concealment, and then what happens? Then the secret, Hashem, the secret of God, could be revealed where? Could be revealed in the world. The secret of godliness could and begins to be revealed in the world. And the world starts perceiving. And it's an amazing thing. Every Jew, as soon as he's eight days old, needs to get a brisk meal, And the reason for that is, two things. First of all, a Jew is not allowed to be living under Urla, under the foreskin. Which means a Jew, when he's receiving from God, has to, has to remove that clip when you're getting a gift in your life, when something good happened to you, to you, for a Jew to start giving excuses, it happened to me because my boss decided he liked me, that's why he gave me a raise. Or this happened to me because this is all for a, for, for a non Jew, for a Gentile, until Mashiach comes, it's okay. After Mashiach comes, no, because then every row, or everybody will do. But for a Jew, a Jew needs to know and see in every event and every good thing that happens. And a bad thing, we also have to, things that are not so good, we have a munah that it will be good, but for sure, Our lives, when anything goes and any, you have to look immediately where's the Pratis? where is God, you have to because you can't live in that concealment. Number one, number two, a Jew is here in this world to reveal this to the rest of the world. If the Yid has an Arla on his bris, bris means the power to communicate, bris is the power to bond and to communicate. If a person's communication skills are blocked with an Arla, means he can't communicate this MS, this truth, he can't project it. Out and reveal that to the outside. So you have to remove the Arla so that you can be like Avram, just like Avram before that was aloof. He couldn't communicate. And now he becomes the father of the nations and he can communicate. What could communicate? The deeper secrets. That Ainoid Muvaday, he can communicate that to the world. He can communicate that into the world and into humanity and to the people. That's the secret of the Indian of Brismila, Mal Yutke. Said, Said Yud. In our own lives, okay, so good. We have a circumcision. Fine. Interesting thing. Said, two things we want to add to this. Said is Samach Vav Dalid, is the word Said. Also, Said is Gematria 70, Samach Vav is 66. Plus, Dalit is what? Is 70. Soyd is 70. It's the same gematria as yayin, as wine. As it says, nichnas yayin yatso soyd. When wine goes in, secrets come out. Wine is also a secret, because wine is hidden in the grape. And when the wine is in the grape, it's hidden, it's considered well hidden, very well hidden. Halachically, we know that. We know that wine is the most susceptible to becoming not kosher. Everything, once it's kosher, it's kosher. No problem. Wine, we know that if it's, if it's not yayin avushul, which is regular wine, if it's handled by, by, a, by a Gentile, it's considered yayin, it's not kosher. So you have to be careful, it shouldn't be touched. Yayin. But that's from when it becomes wine, once you squeeze the wine out. But there is a thing called yayin hameshumar ba'novav. When the wine is still in the grapes, you can have as many Gentiles as, as whatever handling it, moving it. It doesn't become non-kosher. Why? Because while the wine is still in the grape, the wine is still a secret. It's still hidden. The secret is not exposed. It's still a hidden secret. If it's a hidden secret, it can't be contaminated. Once you squeeze the wine, secrets come out. Yayin, soid, same thing. Okay? translate that into what is the idea of yayin, of secret. So we know Kabbalistically, I mentioned earlier that we spoke about secrets, that secrets, along with the secret of of yutke Vavke, is another secret, the secrets of the Torah. They're also the secret. So it says in Kabbalah, an interesting thing, that the secrets of Kabbalah, the secrets of the Torah, are in which level of the divine, they're not in the level of Malchus, because we said before, Malchus is not a secret. Malchus is visible to the creation. In Yesod, that's where the secrets are. That's why, to whom are secrets revealed? Simply. The secrets of the Torah are revealed to whom? In, 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 to to Tzadikim. Tzadikim are the people like Rav Shimon and Ba Yochai, the Arizal, they had Eliyahu, Anavi, Achia, Ashiloni came to the Bal Tov. Tzadikim, merit, have secrets of Torah revealed to them, it comes together. Once you're in that realm of Yesod, once you pass... The concealments of Malchus and you're in your side, you're, you're attached to secrets because that's where secrets are. Fine. How do we get a secret? So we know like this that when we study the secrets of the Torah, when we learn deeper, as Hasidis, for instance, we learn a mimer Hasidis, we study Hasidic discourse. And then we contemplate these, these ideas. What happens? Wine, the secrets of the Torah are called the wine of Torah. Torah. The secrets of the Torah. The, the Medrash says, Ki tovim Your love is better to me than wine. And what does that mean? The wine of Torah, the secrets of the Torah. So in Kabbalah it says that the secrets of the Torah are related to Yisoyed. But in origins, they are, they're connected. Wine is red, and wine is associated with Bina. Bina's on the left side. Kabbalistically, Chachm is on the right side. Bina's on the left side. And the red side is a side of Gavura, whatever, and that's where there's redness. And wine is generally red. So wine is associated with Gavura, with Bina. So what does it mean, nichnas yayin, Yatsa sayid? When a person becomes, is not afraid. Some people are so intimidated to learn something a little deeper to learn a little, to to raise your consciousness. But when you learn a little bit of the secrets of the Torah, which are an absolute must before Mashiach comes, this Bina experience, what it does to you is, Mm -hmm. it enables you, it enables you to raise your consciousness into the consciousness of Yud Kei of Soed Hashem. Even if you're not a tzaddik, a tzaddik is a tzaddik, but you can enter into the space of a tzaddik's consciousness, at least maybe for a few moments during davening, if you allow yourself to taste of the wine of the Torah. If you're looking at Torah and you're saying, it's not for me, I can only learn aruch, I can only learn esoteric, whatever, these are certain rules, regulations, 40 this, that, and therefore I'm not learning. or Maybe I was 40 or 20 years ago, but I'm still not learning, because I'm still not ready. That's that's the biggest shame, it's the biggest shame. Yayin that that that's not allowing what we call the brismila. Don't you're not allowing yourself to taste of the secrets of the of the soyd, the soyd Hashem. And what that does, a, the the study of the of, of Bina, of the gives you access to the yutke And what does that mean? It takes you into a whole different realm. Then the the you be in yiddishkeit, you and godliness. Becomes so unified, you become so one, you start seeing godliness in everything. Everything in this world starts becoming so holy, so godly. There's no incident in the world that remains just meaningless and mundane. Everything you see, I'm telling you, if you, if you learn, that's what happens. Because the Bina, the yaya, Nechnas Ya'in, Yotza So'id, So'id Havaya, the secret of Havaya, emerges and reveals itself. This idea... That so you might say, but maybe maybe it's supposed to be a secret. Who said it's supposed to be revealed? Maybe it's supposed to be a secret. So when we look at the word soy itself, it's made up. I said of three letters earlier, right? It's made up of a samach, a vav, and a dalid. Samach, Chazal say that the samach and the mem of the luchos were were um, b'nei soya oimdim. In the luchos, in the tablets, you had letters. And the two, uh, there were two letters that were completely miraculous. Since the luchos were bored through and through, so that no, these two letters don't have any opening. They're completely closed. A mem sofit, a end a, a mem. And a samach too, it's round. So if you have it bored through and through, it's standing with a miracle. Now physically it's that way. Meaning, why didn't it fall out? It doesn't have anything to hold it to the stone, so the mem and the samach should fall out. The reason it didn't fall out, miracle. The reason why the sages say it's b'nesayinem, it's standing in a miracle deeper. Why is the mem and samach? You say technically that's the shape of a mem, but why is that the shape of a mem and a samach? So it says in Kabbalah an interesting thing that the mem and the samach are two letters that come from the Almadis de from the world of secrets, from the concealed world. What's the proof to that? They're closed. They're locked. Locked means there's no opening to them. What's a secret? A secret is you're trying to figure out. You're trying to access. You're trying to go into this whatever. You can't. You can't. You can't access something because you don't know the code. It's a secret. It's closed. Mem and the samach are closed. In Kabbalah, it says that mem and samach are related to bina, and bina is what we said before. Soyd yayan comes from bina. It's concealed. Alma deskasya. It's a concealed world. Within the world of concealment. The Mem is lower than the Samach. And I once spoke about this by a shir, another shir, that Mem, interesting, Mem, even though it's closed, at least it has a flat floor. So you can put it down, go away and have some coffee, come back 15 minutes later, and you can rely that the Mem is still there. It didn't go anywhere. But you put a Samach down, and you leave, it's going to roll away. There is no achiza, there's no. There's nothing to hold on to it. It's, it's, a, it's a circle, it's round, it means it's less grounded, it's less, it's going to disappear. Samach represents very, very abstract. Secret of secrets. Secret actually also begins with samach. It's soid, secret, removed, secret of secret, that's closed, fully closed. But the word soid, the Ebersheta didn't create secrets to keep the secrets. So it has a vav. What's the vav? The vav is a little channel from the samach. The secret is being revealed. It's coming through the vav. And where is it being revealed to? To the Dalit. What's the Dalit? The Dalit is, Kabbalistically, the Shechina is called Dalit. David HaMelech begins with Dalit. Malchus is Dalit. There's four Yud K, Vav K. So the latter He, which is the fourth letter, so Dalit. In Malchus, the moon, it's all called Dal, we're not going to get into it right now. So Dalit is, 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 is the lay slay megarmek is the world. Soed, the very word Soid is implying that the secret needs to be revealed. To who? To who? To the world, to the creation, but there's a condition. Soid Hashem, the secret of God, is what? The array of those who fear Him. What does that mean, translated into life? The to fear him, is within Malchus itself. You can, we said before, Malchus is a consciousness of independence. I am a somebody. Once you're a somebody, you, there's two ways. You can, chas rebel against God, or you can be a good servant. of means someone who's first a good and obedient servant and follows the Shulchan that person afterwards can hope that soyd Hashem, that the secrets of God are going to be revealed to him. In other words, this that I'm... I'm implying tonight that everybody should learn secrets of the Torah. That doesn't mean that one can say, I'm only into Kabbalah, I don't care. Halacha doesn't make a difference to me because I don't need to know halacha. It's not important. The main thing is the secrets of the Torah. That's a terrible mistake because it doesn't work that way. soy da Shem, the secrets of God are to who? Leirei of those who fear Him. Fear Him means an obedient subject. The one who follows, the entranceway to God has to be Obedience, doing his mitzvahs and following what the revealed part of the Torah tells you to do. Once you do that, then that, that's the woman. The woman is called Isha Yiras Hashem. She is the right woman. And then the Yesoid can be revealed to her, to the Isha Yiras Hashem, Yesoid, Said Yud, he can reveal to her the secret of godliness. But there has to first be what we call a simple Yerashamayim um, and, and, and listening. Avram Avinu, who had just finished, um, lived his life and now did his brismila, and had now removed this klipa and this Arla. Now there was a, became a keli for the secrets of the Torah to be revealed to him. What was revealed to him? What did we say before? What's the ultimate, the real secret? The real secret is yutke vavke, the secrets of Torah that bring us to an understanding, a recognition, more than an understanding, an experience of the yutke vavke of the transcendental godliness, and where God and the world are totally one on that level. Okay, Avraham Avinu experienced that after his bris mila. So, what's the first thing that tells us? Talk in this week's parsha. What happened? The first thing that Torah says. Right after his bris milah, Hashem reveals. Because that's a consequence of the bris As The bris is to remove the block. So the first thing is vayera. And now what does Chazal say further? What happened on day? He was sitting at the entrance of the tent. Because it became very hot. Why was it so hot? Why was it so hot suddenly? So Hazal tells. Because Hashem didn't want to bother him. Hashem took the sun out of its sheath, out of its shield. And that's why it became very hot. What's the sun and what's its shield? Ki Shemesh Hashem Elohim Elokim is the shield. Hashem, yutke is the sun. The sun and the shield is the sun, is the yutke vavke? The elokim is the shield. Now, until Abram's brismila, the Elohim was totally blocking. And therefore, you couldn't see the sun. I mean, you saw the sun but you experienced the sun through the shield what happened after Avram's brismila? since he removed the Arla which the Arla is a consequence of Shem Elohim it's not Chas V'Shalom Shem Elohim Shem Elohim is a godly is a, is a godly sphere it's an attribute it's a godly name but from the name of Elohim can evolve what we call an Arla that blocks God completely once Avram removed his foreskin and removed the arla, so now what did that do up there in heaven? Automatically it wasn't stama think oh, uh, it's hot uh, I need a visit <laughs> didn't work there why was Avram sick after his bris milah? also that why is Avram sick suddenly? you say what well, is sick? he's sick because he because he had a bris no the Mila itself made him ill what kind of illness did he have? ava, he was sick with love. His soul was ready to burn out for God because he because he had more revelation. That caused him such an intense yearning for higher, more and more secrets were being revealed, and he couldn't quench his thirst more and more and more. And the Abishtah, so the Eibusha took out the sun from the shield to add more light. Not just to, add, but that's a consequence. That's a natural relationship of the. That's why in the end of the parsha, And that's, by the way, also the reason. For sure. Why the world is warming up so much right before Mashiach comes. This is the deeper secret of global warming. The world is all farfadrate with it. People are, are, are scared. Because people are scared from this godly revelation. Whatever it's translating in, people are worried because... Of it. People are, there, there is a, a certain nervousness of what this is bringing. What's bringing over here is the world is going to warm up. Because the, the concealments of the name of Elohim, after, all the, after we the Jewish people have polished the world for such a long time. So the light of the sun is not being blocked so much by the ozone layer. And the pure inner element of Elohim is coming to the surface. And that's why the Eveshter says, Vashem Omar, and Vahashem says, HaMachasa Ani, the deeper meaning is not, am, am I going to cover him a secret? HaMachasani, am I going to cover me? Am I covering myself? I can't cover anymore. I'm totally revealed to him. HaMachasani Mavrom, I can't hide from him anything. Asher Ani why? Because once he had his bris Mila, there's no more, ki, no more kisoi. Now it is what? As he said before, Mila Mol yutke. The yutke is revealed. The yutke Vavke is revealed. The Yizgalo Soid Yud. All this is revealed and there is no more secrets. And we're living in that holiness and in that higher consciousness. May we merit that uh, the Abishter uh, the says, when after Hashem completes, when is the meal? Avram began the bris but it's not going to be finished until, es es until God is going to do His circumcision on our hearts and allow us to receive the full brightness of His light which will happen when Mashiach comes, when the Milo will be completed, and then it's going to be in a situation where Kikulam Yadu Eisi, all will know me because Malah Aretz Dayus Hashem, the world will be filled with divine knowledge. But what we can do right now to hasten that is to fill ourselves with godly knowledge, that the secrets, the secrets, and from this discussion comes out that Avram Avinu. To him it was revealed already. He learned already all these things. These things were revealed to him. And now, just like our father Avram learned them, it's our Aveda also to learn all these secrets. Not be afraid of the secrets of the Torah. Of course, we have to work on our Yerushalayim, but at the same time, studying of the the deeper elements of Torah will only enrich your life with so much, such such joy, happiness, and pleasure in being a Jew. Tamu re'u kitoi v'ashem. Taste and see that godliness is delicious.